can say the word, I'm right there. Cause no one else compares, and nothing else compares to the love that we share. Always by my side, body and Clyde. It's a different type of bond, you're my right or die. We're living proof, that's straight facts. I reassure you so you know that. Nobody love you like I do. Right, come on, settle down, everyone. The meeting's about to start. Oh, thank you, Mr. Secretary. Don't mind if I do. Right, I declare this socially distanced and definitely a meeting, not a party. I'd like to apologise. Um, I was convinced that this was a meeting that just happened to serve little bits of cheese and pineapple on sticks. If the pineapple had been on a pizza, I would, of course, left immediately. As it is, I'm just going to get a top-up while some oik presses some buttons. Good evening, good evening, everyone. Good evening from the tightly knit workplace that is Studio 5. We've had a very long day, so we're just going to relax for the next couple of hours. And we've all got medical certificates showing that we absolutely must have wine to go with the cheese. I'm your genial host, Harry Balzac. I'm Wilma Fingerdoo, the genie of the lamp. Don't believe me? Rub in the right place and I'll grant at least one of your wishes. I'm Mia Harkness, Apology Officer and General Dog's Body. And I'm Norma Snuggers, the genteel keeper of the pan. And I say it's time for some news headlines. EGU continues rushing into defeat after defeat. Climb every space mountain. You never know what's inside until you open it. <laughs> I never think of the future. It comes soon enough. War. What is it good for? Um, well, more war. A big shout out to all of us taking part in community events. Well, we won. Or more accurately, the EGU lost. Again. Over in Sugrivik and Nabatin. Which, knowing the names of the Hutton truckers that are helping out, isn't really a surprise. The Paladin Consortium have been in touch with the EGU to offer the Olive Branch of Peace. And suggest that for fear of the EGU becoming labelled as serial losers, at least in the war stakes, they might want to take up a new hobby. Something peaceful like crochet or yoga. However... Whilst it appears that the EGU have retreated from Nabatean and Sugrivik, 
at least for the time being, spies have revealed their new plan, which comes with twirly moustaches and a not-so-subtle <laughs> They've demanded reparation for the perceived slight of causing a war themselves which they lost and then losing it three times just to make sure and demanded that the Paladin Consortium hand over all their systems, all their cash, and, of course, the keys to all their fleet carriers before the end of the week. Or the EGU will lose yet more wards just to teach the Paladins a lesson. Hmm. The outcome of which? An outbreak of smuggling, mission failures, and crime in yet more Paladin Consortium systems. Hutton are, of course, on hand to help should the core go out again, but are said to be rather impressed with the ability of the EGU to repeatedly attempt something totally pointless, as that's usually reserved for pilots hauling scrap to Hutton in an attempt to get more mugs made. In attempts to prevent too much paperwork landing on their office desks over the weekend, and instead give them most of a week to prepare the checks for awards, commission engineers to design and manufacture enough custom knickknacks for the ships of the top 75% of contributors, and of course, to give board pilots plenty to do whilst they design the latest shipboard updates, the Pilots' Federation have been tinkering somewhat. Since the advent of fleet carriers, it appears that thanks to the lucrative art of mining and the large payouts afforded to long-range explorers for copies of their maps and holiday snaps from the fun things they find, every man-jack of a pilot in the universe, except Flossie, has a fleet carrier. And when it comes to trade community goals, having a floating warehouse parked right next to the destination or in the case of the hanky clone army, eight of the ruddy things, previous community efforts were woefully unprepared for the speed with which commanders could race through the tiers and get their hands on the booty. So, the Pilots' Federation employed one of Hutton's accountants to set the levels for the most recent goal. The levels were set at some, more, quite a bit, loads, and ready everything, for which the gap between the last two was a void not unlike the distance from Sol to Beagle Point. This cunning plan resembled nothing more than one of those build a one-one-hundredth scale model of an anaconda by buying one magazine a month for twelve months, without telling you that the first eleven months contained the parts for the seats and cost one credit each, and the twelfth copy came via forklift 400-page construction manual written in Swedish and cost around 200,000 credits. Commander Flossie will be bringing us up to speed as to whether the tiers caused tiers or commanders tore through the tiers without tiers to top the table and claim their top tier titles. Of course, it helps that the CG originators were offering to name a station after the top tier top commander but they appear to be reserving the right to reject the really naughtiest of names. Further to a previous article about community goals and in anticipation of Flossie's exciting updates later in the show, there were reports coming in this week that the Brewer Corporation managed to mix up their magic label-maker machine on board fleet carriers, which led to some confusion during recent community goals. Commanders loading up with commodities to go to McDonald's bought what they thought were the repair parts for the milkshake machine, as requested for the community goal. 
But on going to sell the items at destination, we're told that what they bought were squirty nozzles, refrigeration units, and thick, oozy liquid pumps. Where in fact, a collection of hod carriers, wheelbarrows, and cement mixers instead. Other commanders have reported cracking open a canister or two and finding tents, sleeping bags, and emergency rations. An investigation has revealed that, despite the commanders paying for the correct items from the fleet carrier and being delivered of said items in canisters that clearly said the words thermal cooling units on the side, the canisters contained utterly the wrong things. Whether an accidental labelling issue or the kind of dastardly doodly do-wrong deed commensurate with some daylight robbery and a bit of skullduggery of the piratical kind, it appears that someone, somewhere, has made off with all the thermal cooling units from those shipments and is probably turning purple, attempting to suck thick milkshake through a paper straw right at this moment. Luckily, the pirates, or maybe the mad mislabelers, were limited to only a small selection of fleet carriers, and we understand that many, many, many successful deliveries were made. Well, of course, for those commanders who like doing their community goals the old-fashioned way, standard stations appear wholly unaffected, but then again, without a fleet carrier, so would their personal total be. History has been full of dire portents of doom. From ancient Mayan temple inscriptions to holy books and the predictions of Nostradamus. And today, they very rarely come true. This unbroken line of abject failure to deliver galactic destruction, the heat death of the sun, the apocalypse and, if the wind changes you'll get stuck looking like that, remains unbroken this week. This is despite dire warnings from the Pilots' Federation that following a ship-wide system update for those commanders who don't like walking on planets, just peering over the horizon as they fly past. All fire group settings would be rendered inoperative and would need recreating before entering the next res site and clicking the button, only to find out that it wasn't wired up to anything. With discretion being the better part of valour, their warning came as a, as a preventative measure to help pilots avoid sticky combat situations and throw their proverbial mugs out of their prams when their ship didn't work as intended after the software update. However, Thanks to some nifty work by the Pilots' Federation's top code hamsters, the pending apocalypse and ensuing salty, salty tears were avoided. A spokesman for the Pilots' Federation, who will remain unnamed but we're led to believe they love the colour pink, went on record with an off-the-record comment that the potential solution to all future shipboard glitches was to release a software update containing the warning, contains all the bugs! in the hope that it would behave much the same as the existing one and said bugs would mysteriously be squished. A representative of Hacks Wing has submitted the line Thargoids will burn all the systems in the bubble, in the bubble even, as an alternative in the hopes that it will inspire Tharg the Mighty to fall for some cunning reverse psychology and do exactly the opposite. There were hopes that the shipyard signs that say Cobra Mark IV is never going to be accessible to new commanders fell into the same category of negatruths, but we suspect that this one is final. We of course remind everyone that there is definitely a free anaconda at Hutton, Raxler has not been found, settlement defence plans aren't available anywhere, and of course shipboard VR head displays don't work when you step planetside. After all, we live in hope. Incoming encrypted transmission. Decrypting. Decryption complete.
Stand by for a message from Hexcom Actual. What are you thinking, Tharg? Sir? Oh, I'm just trying to understand Tharg's strategy on this latest campaign. We got hit so hard, and they're holding on to these systems like never before, but suddenly there's no new attacks, just clinging to their current positions. Yes, but sir... Obviously, the initial attacks were retaliation for Salvation's WMD attack. Does that mean Tharg rushed into this to send a message? Did a motion overrule judgment? Does that mean we made Tharg angry? Is there a way we can use that? Sir! What, Riley? I've been trying to tell you, we're live. (sighs) Okay, Hackswing. We continue to push back Tharg's big offensive in the periphery with no new systems being attacked. We are now at 12 systems under incursion, down from 15 a week ago. Three have a marginal presence, one moderate, three at significant, and the rest are at massive. Our current priorities for defense are Pleiades Sector HR-WD1-74, Muscadark Region PJ-PB6-1, and Evangelis. You can see up-to-date mission priorities and current system status anytime at Thargoid.watch. Fifteen stations are still under repair and need supplies. Operation Ida is currently shipping to Titan's daughter in Tegeta, and you can keep up to date as that changes at OperationIda.com. We're about to clear three more systems and get our list of incursions down to single digits so there is light at the end of the tunnel. Stay alert and watch out for each other out there, Hackswing. Keep your eyes on the signal sources and always be ready to defend the mug. Hexcom message complete. Defend the mug. Encrypted transmission complete. Button continues with its banging start to 3308, moving into another system, and this time, one we want to be in. But more on that story later. Barnard Star New Year's resolutions aside, the ending of an election and a civil war in the system has paid Hutton a small but valuable peace dividend in the form of three points of influence, leaving us on 38%. The latest in a long line of seemingly endless civil wars is just about to start, tying up 30% of system influence, but that's not so bad for Barnard Star, so take the opportunity to boost Hutton influence. However, this week's Float Like a Brick Award goes to Ross671, which has plummeted 20 points of influence in 10 days to 32%. The system has everything an influence-boosting pilot could want, large pads, lots of red sites awash with pirates, and a Wonders franchise. Breaking news has just come in that the prolonged infrastructure failure in Wolf 359 has been believed and the system has already rebounded by a couple of points to put it back in the low 40s. In Wolf 562, the entry war against LP734-32 company was utterly successful. If, of course, you ignore the small wibble on day two when LP734-32 company demonstrated their levelling up policy by making it 1-1. 
In response, Hutton broke out the big guns and in a three-day streak of wins brought home the bacon. A Hutton combat spokesman said, Well, Harry, they're not strong in the first half, but obviously we're over the moon. It's a dream come true, isn't it? Um, terrific. Can I go now? However, in most successful expansions, wars are like bosses and come along in pairs. So just when you thought your multi-cannons had cooled, the war for second place starts tomorrow. Then, when we win, we need to boost Hutton influence through our asset, Verkeer Manufacturing Complex, uh, no relation, on planet 4A. What do you mean, 1626 light seconds is a pain? You're a trucker, aren't you? Work it enough and soon we'll have a nice Briolis station. Or two. At the overachieving end of the Hutton Systems League, we have seven systems above 60% and one just above 70. Well done for keeping systems under control in recent weeks that allowed us to plan and expand into Wolf 562. Keep exercising restraint over the other systems that get out of hand and please don't run missions and dump data into systems that are above 60% and keep monitoring the usual channels for more expansion news. Priorities this week are, if you want to truck something, boost Hutton influence in Ross 671. If you want to shoot something, win the war in Wolf 562 against Wolf 562 PLC. Thirty-three oh eight is well underway and there are still more community-led events that you could shake a whole bundle of sticks at. Tonight we have details of the following events. The Comfy Cannon Cruise, All the Clouds in the Sky, The Magellan Experience, The Nexus Exploration, The Cannon Organic Scanning Challenge, New Year New Discoveries 3308, Celebration of Early Astronomy 4, A Crate Carrier Survey of Eta Carina, and a mysterious message from the Bandit Racing League. Why not investigate any that tickle your fancy? Stop that sniggering dead meat! If you're interested, then as usual, links for information will be posted in Twitch chat and also in the description of the YouTube upload. The Comfy Cannon Cruise has been part of our weekly news for a long time now, but all good things must come to an end, apparently, and although the expedition is officially over, Commander Mephisto has stayed around long enough to send us the last message from the deck of the Fleet Carrier Consul. And although it's fairly long, it's his last report, so I think we can forgive him. The Comfy Cannon Cruise concluded on the 8th of January 3308 on its 300th day. Cannon Research had organised a show of the fleet carriers in system surrounding Varati to greet the cruisers, the cruises carrier Konsu, as well as to make space in orbit around planet A6 Eureka. Commanders gathered at Commander Illyrium's fleet carrier Angel Share and HIP 101166 for the mass jump, which Commander Mal for the win coordinated perfectly. Even if his own onboard computer was playing tricks on him, 26 commanders jumped to Verati in unison while Konsu was preparing her own jump into orbit of Eureka. 
When she arrived at her last jump of the trip around the Milky Way, she was happily greeted by the event participants that made it in time. Then the crowd dispersed with a good few meeting in Thompson Dock for group photos and drinks at the bar. While parting away out of the blue, Commander G-Man 14 admitted he had eaten their pet mollusk Molly. To his credit, he had promised it beforehand in a poem written long ago back in May 3307. Dear Molly, our mollusk divine, pairs well with a rare Saxon wine. Genuflect and all hail, this delectable snail. Dipped in warm, thirtish cream laced with thyme, things got out of hand when the innocent bystanders were pestered and after the last remaining revellers dispersed. Consu was called home a few times on the day and many farewells were, and many farewells as well as O7s were exchanged. But a few passengers stayed on board to support phase three of the Colonia Bridge project. We did our part to reach the to reach hashtag tier five for Alcor. The future will hold more adventures for the passengers of the Starship Consu. I've kept these reports in a neutral and informative tone until now, but I want to include a personal note at the end. I'm incredibly thankful for everyone that participated or interacted with the Comfy Cannon crews in any way. It was an awesome experience for me that I will always remember fondly. Especially, I have to thank my passengers who had faith they wouldn't be stranded along the way, and that made the soul of the cruise with Konsu at its heart. Commander Illyrium provided refueling services along the way, spending billions of credits and hours on end to keep the, his, his fellow passengers going, and thus made our way considerably swifter. Commander G-Man 14, Mind Like Mad, Commander Seta 6 and Van Hoof scouted out interesting points of interest along the route. My officers, Commanders Tomoko 2K and Coriandor, inspired the crews on our trip to Rackham's Peak and made up the core crew. Commander English documented a pantheon of mollusk gods and founded a religion on it. There were many more, and I thank every single one. Special thanks go to Commander Mal for the win, for coordinating the crowning event, and thanks also to anyone that participated in the memorable, memorable moment. We stood on the shoulders of giants, and I want to thank them as well. Canon Research gathered all that information about the Milky Way we experienced, put into a challenge by Commander LCU, no fool like one, so that we had a route to follow. Commander Mark Santheus showed the cannon challenge can be completed, which made me want to see all that too. The information systems used for planning were invaluable, especially the Spanish fleet carrier router EDSM, which also logged the expedition and got new passengers in, and the underlying EDDN. Last but not least, Probably no one would have joined without content creators advertising the cruise. I also thank Hutton Orbital Radio for reporting on our journey and for enduring my ramblings about mollusks. Thanks to everyone that was interested in our endeavour, shared or liked anything about it. The whole community of independent pilots is a treasure of kindness and knowledge, and we are all in debt to the Pilots' Federation and their founder, Lord Braven, for laying a whole galaxy at our feet for the taking. 
See you out there in the black. Fly dangerous and for the muck. 07. Although leading the expedition All the Clouds in the Sky, Commander Deluvian is well used to heading out on his own, as he explains. Expedition Day 118, 9th of January 3308 at 1725 Zulu STLHL 31Z Drake Class Zodiac entered BD plus 66 1066 system. Amazing view although nothing spectacular to visit here. Again, here we are on the roof of the galaxy, 1,645 light-years above the Milky Way's plane. Zodiac entered and parked next to a massive Class O giant, almost 100 times the solar mass. The only different body in the system is a black hole, 91,182 light-seconds away from the main star. I departed from the Zodiac in my trusty GBX Pilgrim for a small reconnaissance, especially interested in how the black hole look, looks like, that high above the galaxy plane. And then I saw her, the Cat's Eye Nebula, the closest that anyone could get to it. It is amazing how nicely the black hole was distorting the view of the galaxy below, as well as the mysterious Cat's Eye. Expedition Day 120. The sky does not change. Big disappointments, though not such a big surprise. I did not think that supercruising into the nebula would be possible from here, but my crazy nature made me believe that I could take a better, closer picture of it. After 11 light years cruising to no avail, I decided to turn around and cruise back to the Zodiac. Looks like I should be back tomorrow. Just 5.5 light years more to go. And then we'll quickly make sure new plan make some new plans and we'll be on our way to the next waypoint and objective. Do not know which one yet. The Magellan experience has the last waypoint in sight, but not the end of the adventure. Commander Richard Fluranis M has this to say. We are two waypoints from Magellan's star. Currently, the expedition is completing its tour through the Lyra's Song region with style. By doing a weekly meet-up at our designated point of interest, Miami Sunrise, 25 commanders checked in with each other and enjoyed the stunning view of the close-orbit toasty brown dwarf while having fun. Unfortunately, we lost a couple of Guardian spheres in the excitement, but we had our fun as seen in our video. See the link. This Saturday, January the 15th, we have a mining event scheduled to reload our carriers with tritium, which hopefully will give us enough fuel to non-stop plot through Hawkins Gap for the remainder of the expedition. What is exciting is that we're only 45 days in, and we have 68 remaining. Hey, there is still plenty to be seen in the experience. The Nexus Exploration, the exobiology-focused long-range expedition, has been making good progress, and we've received an update from Commander Omega Megalith, but it's a little difficult to hear him, since the poor commander has contracted mods, despite his mask, but we'll do our best. We have made it to what we believe is manifest destiny, but there is no tourist beacon. 
Instead, we found thargoid methane floating in space and crystal structures that were biological in nature. We will be departing tonight to head towards the DSSA carrier located in the errant marches en route to Star 1. Oh, seven commanders, and happy exploring for a new year. Oh, there was acting in there. Well done. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> if, if, if you're proud of your Provenator, not because of its size, but because of what you can do with it and just how fast you can get to a conclusion, Canon Interstellar in this Canon Interstellar in the person of LCU no fool like one would very much like you to send a quick pick as he tells us. This is your last chance to have a go at the Canon Organic Scanning Challenge and win lovely prizes of Thargoid sample flasks and the Canon coin. The competition will be closed at midnight UTC on the 14th of January. All you need to do is video yourself scanning nine different life forms on Toucanet Sector AF-AD714E in as short as time as possible and then sell them at the nearest Vista Genomics. All of the entries so far can be improved on so you have every chance of winning something if you enter. Go to canon.fyi forward slash challenge to find out how to enter. Repeat, the closing date is midnight UTC on Friday 14th of January. So get your probinator out. It might not be big, but it is clever. New Year, New Discoveries 3308, which offers armchair explorers a fleet carrier equipped trip to the core and back, like a socially distanced fun run. It's taking a while to get all the, party, all of the participants over the start line. Commanders Arborich and Luna Sidara sent this message after firing yet another starting cannon. We've just finished up our second mass jump and are eagerly awaiting the six remaining ones. We are making our way slowly to the core, but with well over a billion credits of data already sold, we anticipate some wonderful sights along the way. Don't miss out. It's still not too late to join us. The history books tell us that in the 21st century, astronomers only knew in detail about very few stars, and writers of science fiction were free to guess about what distant stars and planets looked like. Commander Kesika's expedition started on Saturday, and it's not too late to join them and see just how accurate those ancient ancestors of ours were. She says, Celebration of early astronomy 4 is underway and en route to the Crab Nebula and the real Pulsar there. Sign-ups for the late registrants are still open. Find out more at theexpedition.info Now news of a new expedition. Commander, I am Nickman, captain of the fleet carrier FGS Glorious Walls, is organising a trip that is called a crate carrier survey of Eta Carina. And although it's setting off today, it's not too late to sign up, as e I am Nickman explains. Commanders, explorers, believers, and every adventurous in between, Flat Galaxy Society and Alliance Exploration Corps invite you on a mission to explore the easterly reaches of the Milky Way 
on a waypoint route that even the top 1% cruise line captain couldn't fail to be impressed with. On our four-week tour of the waypoint, you'll be visiting the likes of Planetary Nebulas, Stellar Views, Statue of Liberty and ETA Carina Nebulas, mysterious green gas giants and abandoned settlements deep in the black. And finally this week, we've been given exclusive notification of an upcoming event from our friend, Commander DB Exterminator. Greetings, Commanders. I'm pleased to announce the return of the Bandit Racing League. The race will be on the 29th of January at 2000 UTC. More details to follow as the date draws nearer. And remember to tune in here, as you will be among the first to hear all the updates. A little shout out. The new logo for the Bandit Racing League was created at the behest of Commander Funky Abigail by a very talented artist friend of hers. The Galaxy offers almost limitless opportunities and our inventive and attentive, not to mention retentive, community takes advantage of as many as they possibly can. Be sure to check these events and if you think we've missed any or you're organising one yourself, please email itookpart at huttonorbital.com. Seamless. Yes. Yes, seamless. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yes. Well, yeah. Except for one word. <laughs> yeah, all and right. That one was? Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I think it was bubble butt <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. Bubble. And, and a six instead of a four. Yeah. yeah. And somebody was just doesn't know their Roman numerals. Rose, yes. <laughs> and and can, can in intertesticular <laughs> or canon intestinal. <laughs> You've got to have some guts for that, yes. Yeah. Yes, well, that one might. It'll be fine in the edit, except we're not going to do an edit because it's my turn to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Cannon into smeller. <laughs> yeah, farts and all. I mean, what's and all. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, that was fun, everyone. And that was, uh, considering we only had. only had See you all next week. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> only oh, nine no, things in Norma's. for me. Yeah, only nine things in Norma's uh, community event this week, but it's still a lot of them. Thank you very much, Mephisto. <clears throat> yes, that was. Uh, oh, well, we'll miss. The comfy cannon cruise, and I'll miss the miss the nightmares from the mentions of mollusks. You know, <laughs> <laughs> not much, I won't. So, well, and and um, chicks, you've been having a little bit of an issue this evening, have you not? Uh, well, tell the world. Yeah, oh, that. Mm. Yes. Oh, yes. Right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, not the, not the one that eats the cream. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, yes, like the blue screen of death. Keeps uh, keeps striking. Yeah, it's not a good thing. No, it's not. What have you been watching online? Uh, yeah. Well, we we talked about this earlier, and I said I'd seen you somewhere before. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even get to that site anymore. They banned them off. You probably did too much of the rubbing of the genie. That was the problem. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well. yes. So Saturday was a complete Windows reinstall, but uh, it's still there's still an issue, and it only comes up when the show is on. Must be it's Thursday. For the, for the How convenient! Mm. It's mm. this dusty uh, driver somewhere. It's too early to tell you. You have to. Oh, it's too dusty. <laughs> yes. 
Oh dear. Was that right in saying? Probably uh, not. You... No, yeah, fair enough. Well, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what I was going to say now anyway, but you know. So, <laughs> did anyone watch the Frontier live stream? No. No. No, no. Watched the Frontier really live stream. <laughs> no one watched the, the Frontier live stream. Weeks ago. Yeah, yes. No one watched any Frontier live streams. Unless it was old ones. Do you think they, everybody okay. except Sally's still on holiday? I don't know. Do you think they've paid their tele license? Maybe they're having blue screen of death issues like. Mm. Uh, yeah. Like me. No. Oh dear. No, there just haven't been any. No. Not since the 16th of December, and we're three days away from it being a month. So that's they've all been kidnapped by Canon Intermolecular. <laughs> And an intercontinental. Uh, them as well, yeah. Mm. That's CIBM. Oh. <laughs> yes, well, it is yeah. a bit quiet from that point of view, but obviously, with and there's been an update this week because they're not for a few legless people. That, that means uh, you, Mia. Not an yep. update, no. Well, a fix. Oh, it wasn't an update, it was a hot fix. Yeah, well, so yeah. T take what you can get, I say. Oh, yeah, I, I think we have to. Um, yeah, it fixed them, fixed some known issues, I think, and then made a list of the other ones that they know about. So, yeah, okay, great. Is the um, is the fire groups thing fixed now? I haven't noticed. I haven't done any firing recently. Uh, <laughs> but um, I think I seem to remember because I was five six. Yeah, not yet. No, I was in community hall, so it was type nine all the way. But my uh, my discovery scanner seemed to be working fine, so hmm. that goes in a fire group. So, yeah, it seemed to be okay. I never noticed anything. I must admit. As... Yeah, once you've reached that, I'm all right. Yeah. yeah. I only ever happened to me once. You, well, mm. Flossie, if you don't have any cannons, then you've got nothing. You've already got one fire well, group, haven't true. you? <laughs> 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 no, I still have the two fire groups, but I've put other things on them. Mm. Yeah, they're, they're not fire groups, are they? They're sort of lovely, cuddly, strokey groups. Yes. Look, <laughs> 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 I'll, I'll have my lasers next yeah. week. It's a 20 second, you know, bit of fiddling around at the best times, isn't it? It's, uh, it's not, yeah, it's, it's not, not a feature thing. But... Not a big deal. No. It's yeah. unlike bindings, of course. Like, I I reinstalled that. I managed to find it's... a binding style from about six months ago. So I didn't have to start from scratch, but start to put two or three settings in. Yeah. Bindings it's... would be the one. It's 20 mm -hmm. seconds worth of fiddling about unless you've had any a federal Corvette. Mm -hmm. As as you know, I was, I, using, I, I, I was using my Corvette in Nabatian the other mm -hmm. week, and it was running okay anyway. Mm. I think it, the, the thing only struck me once, where I couldn't actually set fire groups. I I don't mind if it zeroed them and I have to reapply them, but I think there was only once that it actually went. You're not doing anything with your fire groups. And I was in a federal <laughs> corvette, and I just dropped into a, a uh, combat zone. So, <laughs> and, so, so, just... and chicks can't hear you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting all sorts of oh, swear words. He's gone again. Yeah, yeah, has he gone words. again? Yeah, yes. yes, the yeah. messenger from his phone is coming up. Oh, the, well, that's not how you spell that word. There's not that many U's in it, but you know, uh, yes. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're getting our money's worth out of chicks this evening. Yeah. yeah. But, well, let's, what, what else has been happening out in the out in the darkness? Well, well I can tell you something. Uh, if you have. If you have a decent telescope and it is clear where you are tonight, mm -hmm. what, what if I, I have an indecent recommend... telescope and it's very clear? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, maybe, 
Because mm-hmm. tonight, if, if if you have a decent telescope, you can see the uh, Andromeda Galaxy, you can see the Orion Nebula, and what? you can see Uranus. Can see what? Uranus. What? Uranus. Uranus. Yay! I've only got the small monocular that my friend got me for Christmas. I've been using it to spy on the neighbours. Do you think that would be okay? <laughs> for seeing Uranus? For seeing my... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> some kind of black hole anyway yeah 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 who brought up the, it, no i mean it must have been someone book. very very childish to oh says you poo poo head yeah. no it's always been uranus <laughs> only lately they've changed it to uranus yeah because really because of, yeah, yeah it was always yeah. uranus it was always and then uranus. They changed it to uranus because people were sniggering and they didn't like it was uranus yeah. No, Uranus. Oh, that's a, you're all posh. That's why. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, it's always been our Definitely a gassy giant of some kind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Litherbreaker said, oh, "We need a mirror for that yeah. one, not a telescope." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh self examination. Looking out the window. <laughs> but uh, being in Glasgow, it's uh, it's probably a bit overcast. But yeah, I'll have a go. Oh. Uh, I'm sorry, I've got people in the Paladin Discord making giggling noises in text. Rude gestures. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right, anyway, web telescope, fully deployed. Yes. It's cooling cooling down. That one can see Uranus. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going past Uranus, but... um, So it's going to... It's on its way to Lagrange Lagrange Point 2 or L2. Um... I thought this was going to take ages and ages, but it's 70% of the way there already. You know, it's about a million miles away. Um, and when it gets there, it'll continue. I don't know why somebody said going uphill. I, I'm stuck. I don't know what that means. No, it's... it's yeah, neither does anybody else. Gra- gravity well. It's got, no, it's slow down. The slow down lights come on and there's gravity well. It must be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, follow the greens in your way out. <laughs> Does anyone know what all this writing is in the script? Or is that something that uh, Chicks was meant to be talking about? What, what is that the one below the bit about the web? Yeah, the thing. Just above yeah. the thing we don't mention. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. It's, um, it's, um, it's, uh, you've seen Armageddon, haven't you? Yes. It's one of those. But it's. Well, that, it's, that's less than helpful. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's a, a stony meteor, asteroid. But it's not. It's not. Yeah, it's an asteroid, but it's not going to hit us. It's just going to come quite. And it close. will pass Earth safely on January the eighteenth. Hooray! Hooray! Ooh, will we be able to see it? Is the big question. Well, let's bloody hope not. <laughs> <laughs> if you can well, see Bruce it, Willis going past, you're too close. <laughs> I think the. Um, it doesn't actually say here, but um, I think their definition of close is quite far away, actually. But you know, close enough to make them go, ooh, you know. Um, it's about a kilometre in diameter, apparently. I thought it was long. I thought it was like a kilometre by 300 or something. It's, it, it's, a, it's about, about a kilometre long by, uh, yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that, well, wouldn't that kill us if it hit? Mm, it would certainly do some damage. Yeah. The one that wiped out the dinosaurs was about five or six kilometres, I think. Or was it miles? Hmm. Wasn't that one overkill, though? Uh, yeah, probably. Probably, but then some things did survive, you know, um, like us. 
for the small mammals, but it definitely it caused a mass extinction, nuclear winter or that kind of thing. I think there were a lot of things about it as well, with the composition of it, the angle it hit at, where it hit, all that kind of thing. So, yeah. And the fact that so the T-Rexes had very short arms, they couldn't put them over their face to protect themselves. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing that in front of yeah. the in front of the microphone, and nobody can see. <laughs> Luckily, it's, it's good that you've acted it out. Though. I can yeah. feel you acting it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we'd, we'd, I don't reckon that one would actually be a planet killer, but who knows? You know, think well, cause some nasty nastiness. It, it would, whatever well, it did would be nasty. Now, now, listeners, if you tune in this time next week and there's no show, then we were wrong. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Next week in the show, we'll be discussing which of the four horsemen of the apocalypse... Well, that'll end the pandemic, it? won't it? <laughs> <laughs> discussing which of the four horsemen of the apocalypse has the best skin routine. <laughs> now, um, uh, um, Commander Wotherspoon yeah, that, uh, has remarked, of course, when you're saying that small mammals survived, um, that must be something to do with um, people in Scotland, or one person in particular. Oh. Mm. Oh, he's that's been, harsh. It is. He's like harsh that. Harsh but fair. Yeah, he's like that. He's, he's like that. Yeah. He comes over all nice when he's doing his res digest. Ah, oh, and then yeah. you know, behind your back. Well, <laughs> well, less said about that, the better. Right, moving yes. on. <laughs> <laughs> is it Marco Inaros? So, eleven kilometre dinosaurs. Eleven kilometre dinosaurs stamped on the earth and killed everything. You can see there are there are there are fossils out there now. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I love these notes that we were given, and they're so accurate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, I, oh, say eleven a, kilometers was the diameter of the rock, rock that killed the dinosaurs. Chicks can't talk to us, but he can type. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly eleven kilometers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. They measured it. There was and a T Rex underneath it with its arms and legs sticking at the sides. And it was a cube. It was, like, it was, one of, it was the Borg. Yeah. yeah. So uh, stole its ruby slippers. It couldn't take them off itself. Who's Marco Inaros? Oh no, he's one of the Belta. He come kill. Here's the Belta. Belta Loda yeah, from um, what? Oh, Ex- the Expanse. Expanse. Yeah. yeah. I was. I've, I've not watched that. No, have I? no, you. Well, you must. I. I uh, watched an episode of NCIS yesterday, old, very old one, and it had the, they had the same actor in there. I thought, oh, he's a bad guy. Did, did, was mm-hmm. he still doing the accent? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yes, that's, that's stuff happening in real life. Um, and obviously we've had interesting... We're not going to talk about what's happened with uh, various uh, events and CGs, but we know about wars we're doing well. We've talked about the poor old you are oh, poor buggers. Yeah, oh, we didn't even mention the aardvark. Oh, no, it, says don't, it says don't mention that. Look, there's a. I, a put, a, I put a picture in so there's so nobody accused me of putting the word in. Yes. Aardvark. I think that'll do. I think that'll do. We're, <laughs> we've strung that out as fast as we possibly can do without a Pearson on hand. Yeah. So we're about an hour ahead of schedule now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at its wee face and its mm. daft ears. Mm. So adorable. Yeah. Mm. Shall we do that? We've, we've dribbled enough now. Shall we move on? Because I can cut all this load out in the edit. Ready? Yeah. Uh, Fl- ready. Flossie, are you ready, Flossie? <laughs> I've got some buttons. I am to... ready. Right, I've got to press some buttons here. Hang on. Okay. And I do them. Right. And now, ladies and germs, pilots and pirates, it's the moment that you've all been waiting for. 
the darling of the developers, the chum of the CMs, the one whose picture is in the secret locket worn around the neck of someone whose name rhymes with David Draben. It's the Pilots Federation's officially favourite pilot, armed with nothing more than a couple of sizeable CGs. It's Flossie. <laughs> Don't be rude. It's Flossie. It's Flossie. It's Flossie. It's Flossie. And the community goes. Hello, Flossie here with this week's Community Goals News. First, last week's CGs. The Colonia Bridge Project third phase at Alcor and Colonia. The Alcor CG finished um, past Tier 5 and 165,524,343 units were collected overall, which would mean five starport frameworks will be assembled. The Colonia one finished past Tier 1, um, which was with 5,784,671 units collected, uh, which gives them one starport husk. I'm not quite sure what the difference is between a husk and a framework, but anyway. The 3A, 4A and 6A modified FSDs awarded two top 75% and over contributors in both CGs. I'd like to make a special mention to the Hanky clan who were all involved in the Colonia CG to try to get the highest top 10 commander placed to the M station. Assisted by myself, well Flossy 3, Rampage on Dead Meat GF, some of his fleet carriers were loaded up and he transported them to Colonia along with some others. Unfortunately, filling them at Colonia proved problematic um, when we tried to get further supplies with them running dry. Only ceramic components available from refinery stations had any kind of reasonable supply, but even then it was a case of sitting in a planetary base, waiting for more supplies to appear in the commodities market every 10 minutes. Using valuable time we didn't really have. Hanky ended up with 110,800 units delivered, but unfortunately not enough for top place. Inara indicated one person had delivered 129,176 units, but there could be higher amounts that were not shared to Inara. Sincere condolences to Hanky, who was obviously disappointed he didn't win. Next time something like this happens, we'll be much more organised. And this week's new CGs, Kane Massey and Torval Mining Initiatives. Kane Massey and Torval Mining Limited are running rival campaigns to de deliver mined commodities to the Dulos system. For the past decade, the megacorp Kane Massey has supplied ore and other raw materials to several subsidiaries in the region. But the con with the contract up for renewal, Torval Mining Limited is making a bid for the lucrative business. 
Ben Massey published a request from its Vice President, Joanne Fleischer. The citizens within this region deserve a high standard of service and we aim to continue meeting their needs. The Green Party of Dulos, acting on our behalf, shall offer generous rewards for shipments of mined bromelite, samarium and gallite delivered to Smithport in the Dulos system. Konstantina Torval, Operations Director for the Empire-based company, outlined the initiative. We are calling upon pilots to provide the following mined materials, bromelite, samarium and gallite. These should be delivered to the Pride of Bitterwood in the Dulos system. Your assistance will directly support our proposal to win this contract and expand our entire enterprise. The corporate distributors within the region have agreed that whichever candidate is able to provide the greatest amount of materials will be awarded the contract for the next decade. Should Kane Massey be successful, an initial 10% price reduction will be applied to all mining modules offered at Smithport. A further 5% reduction will be applied per tier reached. This discount will be available for two weeks. Should Torval Mining Limited be successful, an initial 10% price reduction will be applied to all mining modules offered at the Pride of Bitterwood Megaship. A further 5% reduction will be applied per tier reached. This discount will be available for two weeks. The two factions have set out seven-day campaigns which will end early on Thursday 20th January 3308. If one faction meets its objectives earlier than planned, both initiatives will end immediately. And that's it for this week's CG News. Blasi told you what to do. Thank you, Flossie. Um, we now have a special item this week, a submission from a new contributor, Commander Zarn, who wanted to share one of his adventures. Commander Zahn here, callsign X-Ray Alpha November. I realize it hasn't been long since my brief introduction. However, I just got this setup working and I'd be lying if I said I wasn't extremely excited about the prospect of finally sitting down to record some of my adventures and observations. Many of these I've made throughout my own travels throughout the bubble and beyond. One such story, as I can recall, took me to a little place known as the Inoue Tourist Lodge. I'll be honest, not the first thing that comes to mind in naming a hot tourist location. But don't let that deter you from a trip to the lovely green jewel of a low-gravity playground. But first, a word from a couple of our sponsors. Are your long trips to deep space for that last planet scan on your road to Rich's route getting you down? The trip to Hutton Orbital with the next shipment of mugs to be dispersed around the bubble seeming a little harder to keep your eyes open for? Need something to put in those thousands of mugs just to keep you going? Well, have I got the answer for you. Any Nah Coffee, when not just any coffee will do. Looking to make your trip among the stars in style? Want to be sure to outfly and outfight anyone? With the ability to blast away practically uncatchable in a single boost? Well, Zorgan Peterson has the answer for you with the Mamba. For when you don't just gotta get away, you gotta get away fast. Zorgan Peterson, where finesse follows function. Now, back to the story. 
Solarine C60 is an independent system in the Inner Orion Spur. With no system of government and a population just over 65,000, it's a rather remote system that sees most of its traffic in tourism and terraforming operations. As evidenced by the veritable parking lot of fleet carriers spread all through the system, there is one main station that acts as a sort of central hub and refueling station known as Rebly Prospect. Not an altogether appealing thought when you think about space pirates and their propensity to hang around anarchist systems. But what the hey? What's life without living a little dangerously, eh? The key influencers of the area are the race marshals. And they are the primary defense force in the system. They are the ones tasked with keeping tourists safe on their trip's planet side. Well, as safe as space allows, that is. There are a total of 19 landable bodies in this system, but today, we're going to focus on just one. Sitting in orbit around the Jovian gas giant C6010, 2,090 light seconds from the star of the system, you'll find C6010A. I'm sure someone somewhere saved a lot of credits on creative licensing with naming these planets, but I digress. What we are looking for is the Inui Tourist Lounge, a lone station on this metal-heavy planet. It is host to a large lodging building with two habitats on either side. Each one of these having ten total rental spaces, they are arranged with two suites on the top floor and eight smaller yet very nicely furnished rooms in each lodge. Only those with pretty deep pockets would likely be able to afford to stay here, but it's well worth every credit. What with a rating 2 or even 3 security and code lock storage, you can guarantee safety even in this remote region. Certainly no ne'er-do-wells would dare even attempt to raid this compound of all its rich patrons' prized possessions for profit. No, sir! <laughs> Interspaced between these two habitats is a connecting bar featuring some of the finest selections of interplanetary beverages credits could buy. Popular favorites such as Lavian Brandy. Oak-aged brandy for a hundred years. That's Terran cycles for those not often out in the soul system. I myself like to enjoy a bottle while sitting at the edge of a particularly colorful nebula and just watch it all. Stationary, of course. Remember, Commanders, don't drink and fly. The facility comes with all the normal amenities that you would expect from a tourist spot, but why people really come here are the amazingly smooth green sunrises each time the sun comes over the horizon. Now, I know we can sometimes take for granted the sight of a star, what with all the jumping to and from systems, but sometimes returning to that feel of the ground beneath your feet on a celestial body as it rotates through space to slowly reveal that same star really reminds you of just how small we all really are. And did I mention green? Walking, or better yet, floating along on this low-gravity planet is like swimming through a great green sea. Everything is bathed in this wonderfully smooth, low-atmospheric light that is unique to this particular lodge. Better time it right, though, because each orbital period is a whopping 16.7 days, yowza! Better hope you're a morning person when the morning can end up lasting you about a week, am I right? Sure, we may lack the means to bring full shopping centers and attractions to many locations such as these, but honestly, that would just ruin the natural beauty of this wonderful little scenic location. Once you get past the sea of billboards that seem to line the entire perimeter, and even interspaced throughout the lodge. But nevertheless, it's worth a visit, if only to wake up to a very special sunrise. Now, I'm a little biased, but I have always been a fan of low-gravity planets, and this one is no exception. With a force of only 0.03 Gs, 
You're sure to be bouncing around the planet's surface with your jump jets for hours of entertainment. Just watch that landing. The gods may not take too kindly to a sudden piggyback ride from a stranger just dropping by unannounced. Well, folks, that's about all I can say about this location without rambling on too far about all the little details. My suggestion is to just pop on by and take a gander for yourself. Snap a few pictures and maybe enjoy a nice day of scavenger hunting through other people's thing- uh... <clears throat> Anyway, however you decide to spend your time here, you're bound to enjoy yourself all the while. That's all the time I have for now. Oh, 07 Commanders, and always remember the old adage of our time. Never fly without a rebuy. Thank you, Commander Zahn. That was crazy. And I must say that we're really looking forward to hearing more of your wanderings. And talking of insane ramblings, it's time to hand over the reins and scramble our brains. Is it time for Commanders Beetlejude and Wotherspoon with the Gownet News Digest? Galnet News Digest, 13th of January 3308. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news. Confusion surrounds NMLA Omega Grid claim. Sirius joins the Council of Admirals. Aegis to be wound up. Tanner sacked. Brewing up starports. Torval tries for Dulos. A senator with links to Imperial Intelligence has denied that the Omega Grid exists. But pressure is mounting for the Emperor to back the act investigation into Imperial links to the NMLA. Senator Carl Nerva, who has previously denied and continues to deny the existence of the Serene Harbour Imperial Interrogation Facility, which can be found in the RCRA Sector AF-AD42 system, has now also denied that secret Imperial communication devices known as the Omega Grid exist. ACT co-leader Captain Saskia Landau, who has previously worked in Imperial Intelligence, alleged on Tuesday that the NMLA had copied Omega Grid technology to create their dark comms network that made it almost impossible for ACT to intercept and decrypt NMLA messages. Landau's suggestion was that someone within Imperial Intelligence must have helped the NMLA set up their network, and it is this implication that seems to have led to Nerva denying that Omega Grid even exists. Meanwhile, the Imperial Herald has joined calls for Emperor Rissa to come out of hiding and to ensure that there's a full investigation into Act's claims. If these claims are true, then there may be NMLA sympathisers in senior roles within organisations close to the Emperor, and the consequences of them not being identified quickly could be catastrophic. Chancellor Blaine said that the Emperor, who has been under secure protection for the past year, plans to return to capital very soon. But he would not elaborate further 
on her plans. A Sirius Corporation employee has been appointed to the Alliance Council of Admirals, marking the first time ever a private company has been put in charge of the Alliance military. Admiral Nicholas Glass of the Sirius Navy takes the newly created seventh chair in the Council alongside the six admirals representing navies of the Alliance systems. Glass will be in charge of defending Alliance systems against the Thargoid threat, using resources that will largely be drawn from the Sirius Navy, while other aspects of Alliance defence will remain under control of the Alliance admirals. The contract with Sirius Corps was proposed by Prime Minister Edmund Mahan and endorsed by Fleet Admiral Haley Sorokin, who in 3304 also endorsed the seditious Admiral Frederick Yamamoto. However, many voices have been raised in dissent, including Admiral George Varma, whose only previous crime was being wrongly accused of assisting the League of Reparation, also in 3304. Varma expressed his concern over allowing commercial interests to govern the defence of the Alliance. While Councillor Nakato Kane could be counted on to oppose any move by the Prime Minister, it's perhaps more damaging for Mahan that Deputy Prime Minister Angela Corcoran felt unable to support the move. Her abstention in the vote demonstrates a level of unease among those at the very heart of Alliance government over giving the Sirius Corporation a seat at the table. In simultaneous hammer blows for the Thargoid Research and Defence Agency, the Bauman Report has called for Aegis to be wound up, just as the Federation's chief military liaison to Aegis has been handed a dishonourable discharge. Paul Bauman's investigation into Aegis has been running since August last year, initially investigating the loss of the megaship Alexandria, its cargo of 400,007 Guardian artefacts and more than a 1,000 crew members, but also to investigate management practices within Aegis and its effectiveness against the Thargoid threat. It was later extended to include Fleet Admiral Aidan Tanner's unauthorised attack on the Hind Mine asteroid base in Titori, and his subsequent refusal to withdraw from the conflict when ordered. The report finds that following a promising start in 3303, Aegis's three sponsors, the Federation, Empire and Alliance, repeatedly reduced funding, while Aegis found it was more effective to provide a forward base in the form of a static megaship in Thargoid-attacked systems, and leave the actual combat to disposable mercenaries, as it characterised independent pilots. Bauman's conclusion? is that through incompetence and institutionalised silo thinking, Aegis has caused unnecessary loss of life, and that Aegis should be shut down to prevent future loss of life. The report does not address who or what should replace Aegis in its role of coordinating humanity's defence against Thargoids. Fleet Admiral Tanner has been separately found guilty on a number of charges at a federal court-martial, and has been dishonourably discharged from naval service. However, sentencing has been deferred by incoming Fleet Admiral Tayo Maikori, who is apparently keen to review the findings of Professor Albert Tezro and Engineer Ram Tar, who claim that Aegis's rival, the Mysterious Salvation, is using dangerous Guardian technology that may be both attracting Thargoids to invade and also wiping them out. Tar has conducted the first independent investigation into Salvation's superweapon, amid concerns that its mechanism and possible side effects 
are not properly understood. The Brewer Corporation has announced that it is delighted with the response to last week's appeal for the materials to build starports along the Colonia Bridge route. Both appeals were successful, with the Alcor one finishing only a few hours before the completion deadline. A total of six new starports will be installed on the 27th of January, though it is believed that they will initially have minimal services. The most helpful contributors to the appeal will be invited to submit names for the new starports. The boffins at Cannon managed to deliver 335,000 tonnes. But that pales into insignificance beside the community of the vault, who contributed 572,000 tonnes of computer whatnots, thermal cooling units and ceramic bits. The top 75% of those who contributed will be receiving pre-engineered size 3, 4 and 6 frameshift drives, which will be put into storage at McDonald's Settlement and Jack's Station within the next few days. The Torval Mining Corporation is trying to muscle in on the Federation-aligned Kane Massey Corporation in the Dulos system. Both Kane Massey and Torval have appealed for help in demonstrating just how good they are at collecting ridiculously large amounts of mined galite, bromelite and samarium, despite the fact that no one really knows what an agricultural community would be able to do with so much cuprogallium, beryllium oxide and a really niche rare earth metal that's used primarily in magnets for breaking down plastics and for vitreous absorption of infrared light. So, if you find yourself at a loose end, both the Pride of Bitterwood and Smithport in Dulos are willing to buy these materials from you for a handsome price. If you sign up as a registered supplier, you'll get a bonus at the end of the week-long event, and whichever side collects the most will also offer up to 30% off mining equipment. Although, if you're selling them galite, bromelite and samarium, you probably have all the mining equipment you need anyway. Still, it's the thought that counts. And that's this week's news. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to. You, Commanders Jude and Wotherspoon. Well, mining, eh? Sounds like fun. I might give it a go after I've handed over to Mia Harkness and the Hutton Helper results. Right, uh, welcome to the Hutton Helper results. The Hutton Helper results are sponsored by the Hutton Helper, the only third party resource to come with a bottle of cheap long and some ambient sausage rolls in case you get invited to a secret bring your own booze party. This week we have the following events. The 
just isolating with 30 or 40 of Michelow's Charms Shield. The 3D printer made maxi sausage rolls instead of mini sausage rolls, cup winner's cup. The six lies in canopies, deja vu trophy. The I know I went to school in an interview when I had mods, but I'm not a mods risk special award. The wiping your bum with bot noodle lid, insulation and isolation marathon. And the look, I have no recollection of any party as I was pished. Extravaganza. So, get your party frock on, big up the music, next some shampoos and breathe with everyone in the station and then deny anything ever happened. This week's Hutton Helper results are Ouster Angel is top of the Explorers this week with 75,000 light years travelled. Light 027 sold 139,000 tonnes of goodies to come first in cargo sold. Our top mission runner this week is Chucklefuck who managed to record a score of 407 mission points. Alex Juno won the bounties again with exactly 1 billion credits worth of bounties handed in. Again. Attic 2 handed in 463 million credits of combat points to top the table and R4M80 delivered 532 passengers safely to their destinations. So that's decals for Ouster Angel, Chucklefuck and R4M80. Please email itookpart at huttonorbital.com and arrange to collect your Hutton decal kit, which this week consists of a hut-shaped template, some brightly coloured luminous paint, and a press team to deny that you ever had a decal, advise that you don't know what a decal is, but that the decal that you don't have meets all decal regulations. There are two Hutton runs this week. First is The Berk, with a time of 1 hour, 24 minutes and 38 seconds for 204th place overall. Then we have Tronica, who logged a time of 1 hour, 46 minutes and 13 seconds to secure 546th place. So, are you looking for a distraction from friends criticising you for going to one medium to large size party while they all stayed home eating 3D printed pot noodles and watching Panda King? Well, really dangerous is virus free, very, very socially distanced and it has spaceships, so Log in, slob out, and keep reaching for the stars by doing wonderful things for Hutton. How you ask? Well, I'll tell you how. Just go to hot.forthemug.com and download or sign up for the Hutton Helper before putting on a midnight black paint job and hiding in the vast emptiness of space. Let's face it, anything has to be better than spending the, the whole mods lockdown in isolation while the special people parted on down to the rockin'est rock steady beats of the Agadu steps and one direction actually no you were probably better off anyway that's it for this week back to studio five Thank you, Mayor. Nice to hear some new names for a change. And if any of you commanders, if any of you know Commander's Ouster Angel, Chukulfuk or Rambo, I'm presuming that's supposed to be pronounced Rambo, please let them know of their good fortune. Anyway, enough of all that. I'm just off to get a large mega gin and tonic. Without the tonic. 
to fortify my nerves enough to be able to listen to the 34th century's equivalent of The Perils of Pauline, as we hear Amelia Hawke describe what metaphorical railroad track she's been tied to this week in the Galnet Rares Digest. Good evening. This is Amelia Hawke, reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest. We try all the galaxy's rarest and most dangerous commodities, so you don't have to. If you've ever frequented one of the galaxy's drinking establishments, whether a major chain or the kind of unaffiliated freehouse that brews its own beverages on site, you'll be familiar with the concept of the branded beer mat. Designed to be marginally larger than the base of the glass, tankard or mug of choice on offer at the drinking establishment, they are usually branded with the label of an enticing flavour of drink available at the bar, and in some cases a jaunty motto or slogan to entertain the drinker. Over time, these items have become collectibles, some of them rarer than others, particular brews made on on only one particular year, or special edition beer mats celebrating a galactic event. In general, they're only really appreciated by the kind of commander that enjoys a pint of the good stuff. None of this fizzy, mass-produced stuff that's turned out by the anaconda load at the popular but rather seedy Wotherspoons chain just near the docking bays, but the kind of real ales, stouts, and even ciders that are made by the same family going back generations to great-great-great-uncle Albert's secret recipe. These kinds of drinks are also enjoyed as a post-race pick-me-up by some of the galaxy's racier commanders. Well, the buckyball racers. A certifiably dedicated and moderately unhinged group of pilots and scarab drivers. They have taken flying and driving to extreme levels that are closer to the ancient Paris-Dakar rally than they are to the more processional oval ring racing. If it has ridges and bumps and can damage your suspension, or there are walls and rock formations just waiting to turn your ship into big piles of scrap, then it's just the scene for a buckyball racer. And what's more, This lot like to celebrate hard, with a drink in the bar afterwards. To commemorate their achievements, racing sponsor The Fuel Rats commissioned this week's reviewed rare, the Buckyball Beer Mat, featuring the Buckyball logo on one side and the Fuel Rats on the other. These beer mats are only available at one station in the galaxy, and only in very small quantities. Whilst they might look like ordinary beer mats, these are a triumph of chemical engineering, as befits a top-tier racing team like the Buckyballers. These beer mats are an essential part of any Buckyballers emergency rescue kit and are not found on tables in the bar, for some very good reasons. The mats themselves aren't just pieces of printed card. Mildly absorbent, to catch any spills from your over-eager quaffing, these are actually fuel wafers. The Fuel Rat's scientific teams designed them specifically for the Buckyballers to quite literally be their own portable Fuel Rat. 
The mats themselves are a near-perfect catalyst that, when exposed to water, split it into its constituent elements, both of which are, of course, essential to survival during long-distance races. The wafers can be added to a canister of water, and the resultant hydrogen emissions, when collected and compressed, can be added to a scarab's fuel tank to keep them going just one lap longer. In a survival situation, a buckyball beer mat can also be used to create oxygen, extending the length of time a rescue ship has to get to a stricken racer who has had an accident against the scenery. By minutes. The reaction itself is harmless, though I wouldn't be sticking one of these mats in your mouth at any point for fear of inflating like a balloon and potentially floating around the room until someone sticks a pin in you. Over here at Rebuy Prospect in the full cream C60 system, I've been given one of these mats to investigate. And these, these are the most inert, most innocuous looking rares that I've ever encountered. They're not trying to eat me or giving me strange visions. They're not toxic. No one is trying to kill me or get their hands on them. I'm just sitting here, flipping them on the edge of the table and catching them. One side says, uh, win it or bin it. And the other... Can't bother, I've knocked my drink over on the table and dropped my mat. Hang on. Uh, I need to find the mat and see what it says on the other side. Oh my god, it's dark under the table. Has anyone got a lighter? This is Amelia Hawke, reporting from the Galnet Rares Burns unit. I tried getting a beer mat wet near a naked flame. So you don't have to. Did you record that one? Your eyebrows must have grown back. Oh. Yeah, it's, uh, well, I was lucky with the eyebrows, put it that way. It's stick on magnets and I am failing. Mm, I, can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I need to find a good Merkin dealer. Yes. <laughs> or, or any nationality, indeed. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, though you've got a lovely tan from from the Thank whole. You. Well, I say tan; it's more of a more of a sunburn, isn't it? It's more soot. It's peeling anyway. Yeah. yeah, it'll it'll go down in a few. Yeah, days. And, and the blisters have the, died down now, which is good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the hair will eventually grow back, hopefully. Oh, I thought you'd done that in purpose. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for that. No, I, I just yeah. Do you, do you think she'd actually have that styled deliberately? I mean, goodness <laughs> sake! I mean, look Don't at it. Her. Yeah. Oh, it's... Yeah. It's okay. that kind of long at the sides and nothing on the top look, isn't it? It says more about you, Mia, than, any, than anybody else. I'm sorry. It just it says too much about I'm, you. I'm yeah. going for the dishevelled Viking look. 
Yeah. You got well, the you inverted look, mohawk just. Well, right. you look Viking ridiculous, you know. Mm. <laughs> Not quite the same. Oh. Well, that was quite a that was quite a thing. I mean, do you think a beer mat? I mean it's mm. It's innocuous most of the time. You think it's just a beer mat, but it's not just mm. a beer mat. It's not. It's not just a beer mat. And, and the thing is, it's not to... It obviously splits oxygen and hydrogen, but not in the same way that platinum does. It's not a... It's not a... It's a catalyst, but it gets consumed. Otherwise, you'd have one beer mat and you'd never need another one. So it obviously gets used mm. up in the process. So Yes. Yes, it does. It splits. Mm-hmm. Yes. And... Uh, what it doesn't, what your report didn't explain is how you separate the, the oxygen and the hydrogen for use in fuel. <laughs> have, you, have you got a few hours? Do you, do you have a very, 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 very fine sieve? It's a very fine sieve. <laughs> yes. It's and, a and very it... fine sieve, my sieve. So anyway, I understand they're keeping you lighter for the inquest. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I yeah. love that lighter. What's that about? Swings. You don't want to know. Yeah, you don't want to know. You don't want to know, really, do you? But uh, <laughs> but you survived again, which is barely good. again, yeah, barely again, with major injuries again, again. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah, yeah, I know. I keep getting told that. Yeah. I don't. I still don't believe it. Yeah, you must be able to lift small cars above your head, but no. <laughs> you'd, you'd think so, wouldn't you'd you? Think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> But as long as you're having fun, that's the main thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> yeah. Being yeah, too out of it to realise you're not enjoying yourself is another way of doing it. Yes. <laughs> it's just how I've got through life. As long as your medical insurance is up to date, you don't need to worry about it. Oh, well, Hutton covers that. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've seen Thankfully. I've seen the infirmary. <laughs> Ooh, there's, there's, there's a vague chicks like noise at the back. Somebody open the door. Oh, just, just somebody open the door. Look, let them in. Could, yeah. you, could you try being in the same room as your microphone? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I guess that's no. That's yes. a, yeah, that'll be a no. <laughs> well, well, I think we should uh, move on before he, before he starts talking because we'd be here for weeks. Oh, that, God, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Move on. That's a good point. Mm. Even if it does start talking, we can't hear him. Not from a way over there. Well, close, close that curtain, we won't be able to see him either. <laughs> yeah. It, does yeah, does someone hear what he said? He's, I mean, he's so far away. Yeah. He says he needs to get a new microphone. No, I've just got a new microphone. It's, something, it's no bloody... It's something, no, I know, I think yeah. it's Thursday. Use it then. Something yeah. about semaphore. I th- I think you probably find you've got that stuck in Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> that explains why it's it's very muffled. <laughs> and I think with 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 that though, we we don't need to subject the listeners to Chicks's um sound tests because he he yes. puts on the full roadie outfit. One two one two. He goes he goes very yeah. unposh. He unclips his moustache and everything. Nope. He's canning intestinal <laughs> mutterings and gutterings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it, it's, not, it's not the problem with his moustache. It's those two little bits of plastic that go up your nose to hold it in place. Yeah, Little That's Breaker that, suggested... Yeah. Little Breaker's got a tip for you. He suggests taking your microphone out of the box. 
<laughs> hey, that's a good idea. Yeah. Well, uh, I think so. I think that's that's good. I think uh, thank you, audience, for sticking with us. We've had a nice load of people stick with us all the way through. I have no idea why. You'll be sorry. Uh, and uh, <laughs> thanks to the thanks to the the crew, we've uh, we're on a slightly reduced uh, number this week with without a, a, a Rudolf Hucker Avantia. And with chicks popping in for 30 seconds at a time, um, that's about twice as <laughs> and then, long then as you... screaming at us from a distance. Yeah, tw twice as long as usual, yeah. I think. So that's pretty good. Um, thanks to everybody. Thank, thanks to Flossie. Thanks to Amelia. Thanks to, to Mia. And thanks Hello. to me. Yes. Um, and we'll be here same time, same space channel and all that nonsense next week. And uh, since there's no chicks, we don't need to take our headphones off. So, Amelia, could you... Tell us oh, what yes, we finished with, please. <laughs> For a mug! For a mug! For a Profit margins never really mattered at all We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today Super cruising all across the Milky Way We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere Loading up the teenagers to the brim with grace Follow the map, follow the map Yeah, you know just where we're coming from Follow the map, follow the map Now everybody sing the hot and trucker song Into the sun, Swivel likes the pilot on the Xbox One. Alvin at the front, you know he leads us well. Trucking across the galaxy, now everybody else. Follow the map, follow the map. Yeah, you know just where we're coming from. Follow the map, follow the map. Now everybody sing the Hutton Trucker song.
Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off too?